It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast with Dave, Honky, Boomer, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Well, uh, I you know it's a fashion statement show here, and I'm wearing a Richmond Tigers hat from uh, the uh, Australian Football League. That's for you, Dave. And then for all my fellows in the uh, the Fantasy Football League, the I suck at fantasy football. Finished dead last in the league. Uh, pink shirt with the unicorn. Uh, great. Great bunch of guys there, Commissioner Kirk. I uh, want to give a shout out to them. That's a very attractive shirt you have there, Honk. I, I'm, I'm impressed. I wanted to comment on it earlier, but I thought I'd, I'd save it. Uh, also with uh, Redcast Boomer. Oh, sorry. Uh, Honky was giving me kind of a side eye there, so I'm pretty sure that's a technical on him. So please get this <laughs> under control, Dave. Uh, and I'm with Redcast Rob. Well, with that win on Sunday versus the Wisconsin Badgers, the Nebraska ball officially has twice as many wins as the Golden State Warriors in the month of March. <laughs> well, I hope it stays that way. Maybe we'll add a few more of this uh, week uh, in the Big Ten tourney. Uh, Honky, that was uh, quite uh, the end of the season for Husker basketball, huh? Yeah, I mean, everyone totally saw that coming too, right? I mean, we were all saying that there's a good chance, you know, as soon as Trev made the, the decision to retain Fred, of course we're going to win on the road at Penn State, destroy them, you know, take the lead from start to finish at Ohio state and then, uh, and then go and beat Wisconsin. So it's exactly as we thought it would play out. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about uh, Nebraska ball and the future for Fred Hoiberg and the squad, but um, let's take care of some, some business here first uh, and highlight uh, some of our upcoming interviews. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We have Mm -hmm. a interview coming up two weeks from tomorrow night, uh, 8 30 PM with Tyler Kai who's the Associate Athletic Director for Leadership Gifts and Capital Projects. That's a, that's a heck of a business card to, to carry around there. But a really good guy, Boomer. You and I uh, tailgated with him before a game last year, and uh, he's going to talk about some of the different projects going on and obviously the Go Big project, uh, all, all the facilities that are getting built up there on the north side. So that will be an exciting conversation. And then, uh, of course, uh, Rob, you know, yesterday we, we talked with Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of uh, – of Hale Varsity. You can go on YouTube right now and, and watch uh, that, that entire video. You can go listen to us uh, on any of your favorite podcast platforms, but uh, we are part of the, the herd at media family and uh, that's with Hale Varsity. So Rob. Yeah. And uh, if you uh, enter Redcast as your promo code, when you're checking out, subscribing to Hale Varsity magazine and to the website, you'll receive a $10 discount on your first year. And then you can uh, switch on over to the Herd Out website and purchase some uh, Redcast gear like my Redcast hat here. You can select the Herd Out brand like the Redcast and then pretty much anything that they're showing there, even though it's like a Herd Out mug, you can still select it. You put the Redcast logo on there if you want and you know, let everybody know how much you want to support the show. We'd appreciate mm-hmm. it. 
And this is an interactive show now, Dave. So, you know, all the people that are watching here on, on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, all that, you know, uh, interact with us, send us some questions, send us your comments. Boomer's going to be uh, following along with all that. So, uh, you know, let's have at it. So many, I'm sure, have always wanted to ask Honky a question. So now they can just, they can just drop it in the chat and they're good to go. That's right. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and put on our scarlet colored glasses and talk all things Husker football. And we'll start with uh, some tweets of the week. Yeah. Well, the first one here, the news uh, from today is that uh, the the uh, survey, the Memorial Stadium uh, survey that came out uh, or that was sent out about a month and a half ago, the results came in today. And uh, the attitude towards alcohol, this is one from Dave Fight. Uh, the attitude towards alcohol at Memorial Stadium, get ready to drink at Memorial Stadium, Husker fans. So, Boomer, I know uh, you and your Redcast on the Rocks, you'll be happy uh, to see that. But uh, basically, 72% um, of the respondents from that uh, survey, they have a positive or neutral attitude towards alcohol sales at Memorial Stadium. But uh, what I really enjoyed was some of the comments here. And, you know, basically, they tried to give a, a, a full you know, rounded, uh, you know, kind of uh, the comments that were positive and negative. So some of the positive ones, I don't think alcohol sales in Memorial Stadium would create fan issues because most people are already drinking before, during and after the games. Anyways, <laughs> alcohol sales are a no brainer. As a recent uh, grad, most people I know leave the game at halftime to drink and don't return uh, unless it's a good game. And then you get some on the other side, such as please do not allow alcohol. I know it will make the university some money, but it will absolutely ruin the game day experience. And please don't allow alcohol sales in the stadium. This is an atmosphere for family and fans, not for people who become obnoxious because they've had too much to drink. Boomer. <laughs> well, I'm not obnoxious, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't had too much to drink tonight. That's no, I'm tonight's doing. Diet Coke. It's it's Lent, so I've uh, engaged in a little self-deprivation and putting the, the cocktails on hold. So it's hmm. it's a challenge, but it's it's good. It's growth. So we're going <laughs> that route. So. growth. Yep, yep, that's what it's all about, right? So a little reflection. But uh, no, I I think this is probably, we've talked about this many times. It's it's something that's probably overdue at Memorial Stadium. Uh, We've mentioned other stadiums in the Big Ten pull this off. I mean, we've all visited stadiums in the the conference that sell alcohol. Have you noticed any serious problems at any of them? Any worse than, Mm. I mean, I've gone to Minnesota, never seen an issue. You've been to uh, Buckeye Stadium, right? Is that, yep, that's right. Did they sell there? Did, was there any noticeable concerns or issues there? I, you know, I don't for, think so. For $12 a beer, no one's going exactly, to the game yeah. to get loaded so, anyways. I mean, yeah, and it's, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. And, you know, given our concession stand lines, it's, you know, it takes forever to get one anyway. So, hmm. yeah. And and really, it was kind of interesting looking at the, the survey itself. And even if people had, you know, generally negative attitudes, it trended more towards the uh, – Oh, more seasoned demographic had, you know, slightly less favorable aspects of it. But even the vast majority of them said it wouldn't really affect their attendance. I think even the over 75 crowd, which had the, the worst reaction to it, that it, mm-hmm. it was like 75% or 71% said it would have no impact on their attending games. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's the type of thing that can be managed properly. And I like to think we're capable of doing so here at, at the university and our fans can handle it, maybe. So. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll we'll find out sooner than later. We have no real idea what this will result in, but seems like it's trending in that direction. Yep. Uh, a couple other tweets here uh, of the week. One's from Matrix Analytical. And I thought this was really interesting, Dave. Uh, Brian Applewhite is part of a trio of new coaches at Nebraska that has the Huskers a place to consider if you like the ball in your hands. 
quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and tight ends coach combo in Lincoln is in the top seven of all FBS Power 5 programs using our metrics. Things are happening in Lincoln. Fire. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I mean, I I like what I hear there, right? I mean, it, I, they're, according to their metrics there, basically all the skill positions on, on the offense, uh, it's what we talked about we wanted to see with this revamped coaching staff. We want pros, you know, doing, right. you know coaching those rooms. And, you know, this is – this is what you get when you get Joseph and Whipple hey, and Hey, Anki, and can that. you bring that that back up? Because I'm, sure. I, I need to read it again. I mean, like, if you a place to consider if you like the ball in your hands, QB, wide receiver, running back, tight end, coach combo, and like his top seven in all of the FBS Power Five using our metrics. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm just a little confused in the sense of like, like, does everybody get the ball that often? Are we just going to play, have that many plays? Well, will each play have the wide receiver running back in tight and all touch the ball. We're just going to be laddering the ball back and forth. I mean, like, I mean, it's just like the when, metrics seem to just be like, well, each one of these coaches have come in and have been able to get their position group to, to touch the ball a lot. But when they all are in the same room now, it might be a little more challenging. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Dave, this is what it's when you bring the best of what Frost has with the best of Whipple, <laughs> everybody, everybody touches the ball in That's this offense. Right. We've got some amazing creative plays. I mean, where tight ends are throwing it back to running backs or pitching it to quarterbacks. A lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of double flea flickers, like, you know, mm-hmm. ball coming back into Thompson's hand, throwing it to a tight end who laterals to right. an offensive lineman who's eligible, you know, I mean, yeah. or something, you know, it's a. I mean, we've got fake slides that Whipple brings with him from, you know, Completely. there is, there's so much creativity. And I think that's what uh, uh, the matrix analytics that we're talking okay. about, or we're trying to get to, at least I hope. Um, last but not least, uh, you know, we're obviously big on in-state recruiting and uh, two, the remaining two uh, here, let me go back to a graphic that uh, we were showing in previous shows here. Um, in-state recruiting, uh, we have, Five offers out to in-state kids. Three of them have already committed. Gunnar Gotchula, Benjamin Bramer. And let me make sure I say Bramer because uh, we had a, a follower, Dylan, that uh, he goes, I love your show, but, man, you got to stop butchering the guy's last name, which I appreciate this, by the you way. You butcher if, somebody's last name? Oh, my gosh. If I butcher a name, let me know, and we'll get it fixed. So it's Benjamin Bramer from Pierce and then Sam Sledge. Those three are committed. And then the two that we have offers out to that, just haven't committed yet are Malachi Coleman and Maverick Noonan. But if we go back to the um, tweets of the week, uh, Steve Wiltfong has the crystal ball now going towards Noonan and Coleman. And Dave, you know, the, you understand the crystal ball stuff better than I do, I guess, but apparently 92 is, is good. Uh, well, the crystal ball Wiltfong, the, the national guy has a 98% accuracy. So when he puts a, a crystal ball out, he's serious. He's not, he won't do that just randomly. So I think it's, it's not a hundred percent obviously, but he is usually pretty, pretty dead on with that. So I mean, it doesn't mean that's going to happen tomorrow or anything like that, but there's a high level of confidence there that that he's in. Well, if, if he's right, then basically that would be the top five kids in the state, all choosing Nebraska coming to Nebraska and, you know, coming off of the year that we had last year where we obviously struggled some in Omaha, um, I guess I would, I'd would i say that was a that's a good turnaround. Hey, Honky, uh, Maverick Noonan is from Elkhorn, is that right? Yeah, he's Elkhorn South. When's the last time we had someone from Elkhorn commit? Well, would Prochaska be? Teddy Prohaska? <laughs> I don't. Please, 
Please don't do this to me. <laughs> My wife, who happens to be of uh, Eastern no. European Slavic descent, has often criticized your pronunciation of did Teddy's last name. Did you just intentionally set me up? <laughs> yes, I did. Damn, that was for you, Katie. I had a guy in my fraternity, though, that was... No, he's Prohaska, too. Jeesh. I was calling... Okay, a guy in my fraternity is a Prohaska, and it's spelled the same way. I don't... It's Honke. It's French-Romanian. I don't know. Just move on. Move on. I've never seen Dave throw this show off the rails before, and he just did it. (laughs) Well, it was just too easy. I I saw the connective tissue there, and I just had to to take it. So... I'm terrified anytime... I had to ask Tyler Kai... What hit, how to pronounce his last name, K-A-I. I was like, I I'll, I know I'll call it K or something wrong. So I had Cobra. to reach out to him and make sure I, I got it right. Yeah. I mean, if um, we don't if we don't Photoshop that like a Cobra Kai gi like <laughs> onto him for that show, we failed at our job. <laughs> um last We've got in our department. We'll get him on that. So. <laughs> last but not least, I think while we're we're talking football here and scarlet colored glasses. Uh, something that's happened in the last week is the combine, and we had four players at it. And uh, Austin Allen, I believe that's how you pronounce it, JoJo Doman, Cam Jurgens, Cam Taylor Britt, they uh, were all there. And so you can see the results here. All of them ran really good 40s for their uh, specific position groups. Austin Allen was a 483, JoJo Doman a 462, uh, Cam Jurgens ran a 492, and Cam Taylor Britt a 438. So, I mean, those are really good. Uh, uh, numbers there and it was also kind of interesting to be watching the coaches uh travis fisher on social media was would post videos of him responding to watching you know his guys out there doing well and and it was great to see the coaches uh really kind of interact that way and shenander even talked about that uh at his press conference yesterday yeah it's pretty cool to watch those guys uh you know i thought all four guys had a pretty good day uh i talked I talked to JoJo after he ran, and I talked to uh, had a little FaceTime with Cam last night, Cam Taylor Britt. So uh, excited for those guys! It's awesome to see him, you know, perform well on the big stage. So, uh, you know, hey, we've talked about this in the past. It's important that we start to get some guys into the pros. We've had, uh, you know, a pretty bad drought for the last three, four years, where we'd only have one or two guys getting drafted, or the one year that we actually had nobody drafted. And here we've had four guys. Now go to the combines, do well. Uh, in addition to that, we still have Daniels. We still have, uh, you know, the Dismuke and Williams. I mean, there's there's more players than just uh, than just and Samari Torre too, who, who's done well at some of the the postseason games. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I guess I, I've got my scarlet colored glasses on, Dave. I I could see us having five, six, seven guys, six maybe six guys getting drafted. That would be amazing, considering what it's been like the last. Five years. I mean, it's just been shockingly low in the amount of Huskers getting drafted. So to to reverse that trend is, is awesome. Um, and I mean, maybe part of that is, is the COVID year and having a couple of extra guys that you know stuck around. And then someone like Cam Jurgens leaving early um, probably all kind of accumulate into a little bit larger of an NFL class for us. Mm. So we have actually some questions coming up on. Uh, on Facebook here. And one of them is a really long question, Boomer, I think. Am I seeing that right? Dallas Ray Smetter? Yeah, we've got several actually coming through from Facebook here. Good time for Scarlet Colors Glasses. Uh, first one, uh, 
I know Dallas. Yeah, I'll just put it up there. Yep. Uh, what is feasible for the program that we love in the foreseeable future? I assume he's talking Huskers and not your Richmond Tigers, Honky, but uh, we'll deal with that later. <laughs> uh, I'm from the TO period, but I'm a Husker for life. I don't see real thoughts from the UR Athletic Department, but I may not be searching enough. I meet Husker fans all over who have never set foot in Nebraska, and they'd like to hear the deep news, too. So, I'll, I'll start that one, Honky, actually, because with our interview yesterday um, – you know, with Brandon Vogel uh, that you can find on YouTube. Um, <laughs> the uh, he, that was something that we talked about a lot. Was we're ca- we're calling it? Are we calling it the Trev effect? The hashtag Trev effect? Is that what we were going to be calling Why it? Or the the Alberts effect? But, According um, to you guys, Trev Alberts is the head coach for both football and basketball. Apparently, well, you know what? According <laughs> I mean, it's to unbelievable. According like, to Brandon Vogel, um, the the culture in the athletic department right now is like nothing that he has personally seen in a really long time, um, and he's he's just kind of seeing like with the with the extension of Frost and then the express uh, the extension of Hoiberg, um, you know, he's he's kind of making a statement in there that like, you know what, Hey, these are guys we want to keep around. We want to keep a continuity going on in this athletic department. And, you know, he's also seeing things like from uh, frost, especially with Whipple now. And, and Vogel said this, so I'm quoting Vogel on this, that Whipple is the guy running the offense. Whipple kind of came in and said, I got this. Like you can go be a head coach now. Don't worry so much about the offense. I got this. And, you know, with, with guys like Joseph on board and, you know, we got Bush and special teams. Frost is just kind of overseeing everything now. He's now the CEO that he should be as a head coach. And the, that, mm-hmm. again, that was another Vogel quote. So, um, you know, what what can we expect from this program? I mean, obviously, I could say 15 and 0. But um, and I you mean, will. We're gonna, yeah. and, I, and, and I will because I, I firmly believe it's possible. But realistically, 8 and 4, 9 well, and 3. Boomer and, and Dave, you guys are analytic guys, and that's what uh, that's what Vogel is. And we've talked about a number of times the historic season that we just had last year, and historic in all the wrong ways, right? I mean, that so many stats showed that we were probably an eight or nine win team a year ago if you just do a, a, a certain number of things better than what we did, specifically in in special teams alone. Um, but w- historically, I mean, we we had that one graph that showed that we had is they did 5,000 simulations and we had as good of a shot of going 11 and one as we did going four and eight. And we ended up three and nine out of 5,000 simulations. Right. And all these different stats that, that lead up to the turnaround could be quick because we probably, we shouldn't have been a three and 19 last year to begin with a normal three and 19. You're going to look at and go, well, you know, returning talent and all this, it's, it's probably a, it's a big ask to get to six or seven wins. And, you know, talking with, with Brandon there, it's more of a confirmation that it is possible that a team like this can turn around and get to eight, nine, and not even really be anything uh, from a, from an analytics standpoint out, out of line. I mean, right now we're favor We are the SP plus had us like at 11.7 points better than the average college football team coming into next year. Okay, so a three-win team from last year, right now, the SP Plus, those those rankings there, and there was an article that he had in, in Hill Varsity, has us 11.7 points better than the, the average college football team. Now, again, we're one of four teams in the college poll era since the mid-30s that didn't win more than 25% of our games but had a positive point differential. <clears throat> and we had the largest point differential of any of those four teams, and that's in the history of college football. 
that's how unique last year was. So, you know, I hear people go, what if, what if next year is just like last year? What if it's the same thing? What if we go three and nine, but they're a bunch of close games? Well, crap. Then, I mean, we have literally, we, we just took a historical year and we, we somehow, you know, duplicated it. And so let's all hope that's not happening. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, I mean, I would also probably could ask Boomer, uh, when's the last time that a head coach had four losing seasons to start a, a tenure at a school and, and got a fifth year and then turned it around. And he'd also tell you it's historic to actually do it. So, I mean, there's, you can get numbers well, however you want to paint. Your what, story, did, uh, you know? what did, what uh, did Beamer do at Virginia tech? Did he have losing seasons? His, his first uh, three or four. Yeah, I believe so. Boomer's looking up the exact numbers. That, that probably your up. best, um, um, case to, to reference. Um, similar to, I guess, a, a few other schools who had historically odd seasons like we had last year. Uh, to say it's, it's, it's not impossible, um, is it probable? I don't he know. had a couple, yeah, he did have a couple of winning ones. He had six, four, yeah. and one, six, and five. But and I think he and so what you're saying, when they were on probation or something, too. So it was kind of not quite an apples and oranges. Comparison. Well, well, unless you want to consider the Riley years. <laughs> yeah, well, so. when's the last time a school had two historic back-to-back seasons? That's what I want to say, because what you're saying is we have a chance to do that, Dave. That's that's, that's what I mean. That's right. That's right. That's what I mean. Hearing. Like, I think the bigger I'll question right back. is not just I mean, I, maybe it, um, the, the question was just the next season, but I felt it was more of a a global picture of what is our expectations for this program going forward and what's possible, right? Well, it's defined foreseeable future. I mean, next season's part of the foreseeable future, but obviously it, look, I I don't buy into the narrative. Frost, does he need to win next year? Yeah, but he needs, he needs to win anyways. I mean, like Trev, Trev, everything he's done up to this point, doesn't show anything that I think that, that there's a short leash on Scott. I mean, he's giving him everything he possibly can do to, to succeed. I, it, Trev clearly wants Scott to succeed at Nebraska. And Scott, you know, Scott needs to win games. But, I mean, that's no different than what we would have said 12 months ago or 24 months ago. And the changes that they've made since October, you know, and, and you can go to the, the Matrix analytics there. I mean, there's, there's, there's some support to show that the changes that have been made are going to help us get over that hump. And that's not even talking about Bill Bush being a, a special teams coordinator and, and the difference that we can see over in that area, which has just killed us, you know, for the last number of years too. Sure, sure. I mean, I, I guess what I was trying to, to get at, I guess, is the bigger picture of not just next season, but going forward. I mean, I, I listened to your interview with, with Brandon Vogel, and I mean, I, I mean, I think you're correct. I mean, Trev Alberts doesn't want to fire Scott Frost next year. It's not like that's his intent in extending him. It's just to like drag this out for one more year so he can save some money or, or think sure. he has a better pool of candidates to, to hire. Um, I don't think that's his case at all. But if, if Scott Frost goes four and eight next year, he may have his hand forced, right? I mean, that's, that's sure. different than saying he wants to fire Scott Frost. It's like, he just decides that, look, I mean, he's gotten five years and he just hasn't got it done. Even with his new coaching staff, that's not impossible to imagine. What um, I'm getting at is you know. the, the analytics of last year showed that that team more than likely was a seven, eight, nine win team from, from a, a historical traditional standpoint. You take that, you, you do all the simulations, and that's where that team comes out. So my question is, for us to go 4-8 and eight next year, what a step back 
really, because you hired all these coaches, these pros, these guys are the top seven in the power five of rankings of all those offensive skill position guys. And we have a Bill Bush who's, who's demonstrated success as a special teams coordinator at this school. What a step back it would take to go four and eight, even though the record would actually technically be better. It really would be a step back. I don't know how. I, sure, I, it's hard sure, I understand, but I mean, that. like, to some point, you ultimately have to have. We've talked a lot about culture, and I, I mean, it feels like there's good culture apparently now in the athletic department. But I mean, starting as of in the last year or two, I, I mm-hmm. felt like Frost had the culture of the football program going in the right direction. Um, but it ultimately wasn't a winning culture. I mean, not to say it wasn't a good culture. It just wasn't producing wins. So if you're not producing wins, it wasn't a winning culture. So the yeah. question is, with the new new coaches, can they actually create a winning culture? And sometimes that can take a, t- a while, right? I mean, and you might yeah. might just, just click and they're 9-3 and three next year. You're right. But I, it might take a while. And so, I mean, for my opinion, to try to answer the, <laughs> the viewer's question is, like, I, I think getting to six or seven wins next year would be a, a really – really good thing and then after that then you're starting to build upon that and saying let's get to eight and nine wins win the west and and then see where you can go from just a stability of the program and uh, recruiting right you know and so uh, i think that's where i i would i would go is like let's figure out how to win the west and if we win the west um especially with an expanded playoff then then you can start to feel more optimistic that you'd have some really, really fun seasons ahead of you. That's a very measured approach, and that's a good approach to take, Dave. And and really, you know, Coach Osborne never said we need to win the conference. He never said we need to win the game. It was always about goals. You set goals for each week. You need to hit your goals. And if you and you you make those goals lofty enough, and if you reach the goals more times than not, you're going to win the game. And if you reach the goals and you don't win yep. the game, then you, you you literally you shake the hand of the opponent and say, God bless you. But when you're kicking it off of – you know, your, your own team and, and having punts going back for touchdowns. And, and when, you know, we have the mistakes that we've had, you're not obviously reaching your goals there and you're, and you're not, you know, playing at a high level and in some of those very key parts. So anyways, um, we can move on. Hey Dave, you're a betting man. And, uh, Husky's actually uh, tagged a tweet or retweeted a tweet or tweeted a tweeter or something on Twitter. Um, Huskers have the ninth best odds in the country to win a national championship. Ninth best tied with 27 other teams. Yeah. (laughs) They kind of misread the the still ninth best, best, but it was, you you know, know up there. The analytics say ninth best. Okay. It doesn't matter. It tells me that there's uh, some elite teams and then there's just everyone else. I'm saying there's (laughs) a chance, Dave. I'm saying no different than every other year. Right. There's, there's a few elite teams and, and it drops off pretty much. Um, I guess one other thing uh, before we get into the basketball and the, the baseball chatter, uh, there was the the news today that uh, Nebraska, uh, Trev Alberts, he is signing a long-term multimedia rights deal with JMI Sports effective Ju- July 1st. Uh, it's a 12-year deal between Nebraska and JMI that's worth up to $215 million. Um, so that's nearly about $18 million a year. Uh, what's interesting is, you know, 12 months ago when Moose was – was being let go. We kind of talked about it at the time, and as as best we knew, it was like, well, he's leaving the athletic department in good shape. He's hired, you know, he's hired good people, and he made the move over to the media rights and everything. And he, you know, this is another example. Trev is kind of his first seven eight months. Man, he's he's been busy, and some of it's undoing these things. So you know, now we're going back 
And I guess we didn't, you know, we obviously weren't making the money that we thought we were going to make going with it. So getting back into having a media rights going through someone that used to be IMG. Now this, now it's going to be uh, JMI, but uh, they made that announcement here today as well. Did have a few more uh, football related comments before we uh, shift gears here. I thought we'd bring those up. Uh, Lang Farms asks, you know, does the defense take a step back and does that bring the ceiling down? Well, you know, let's look at uh, what Shenander talked about here uh, with the the new guys and trying to mix in kind of old and new. Yeah, I think, you know, like I said, I think there's there's two separate entities right now. There's a group that's been here that the new stuff isn't really new. It's just, you know, they've heard the word so many times. And then there's, you know, some incoming freshmen, some transfer, some junior college guys uh, that they've never heard anything. They've never heard us teach technique. They've never heard us teach a drill. And they're getting this big chunk of install. So I think that those guys are a little bit behind as far as uh, schematic stuff. And to me, we will catch them up with that. I just want to see them move around. I want to see them go hard and not be afraid to make a mistake right now. So they, they have they have a little bit of catching up to do, but we'll get there. You know, to the point of the question, obviously, um, when you have a bunch of newcomers here, I mean, we love the talent, right? I mean, that, that defensive backfield, I mean, we brought in five, six, seven new guys, and it's high school guys, it's it's transfers from FCS, Omar Brown from uh, Northern Iowa, it's JUCO guys, it is just straight-up transfers in the, the portal from Arizona State. And, and so we're bringing in a lot of different talented guys, but there is this transition. And so the question being, you know – do we expect a little bit of a drop off like right away? I, this is a challenge here because the defense played so well last year. If we had an average defense last year, um, all of a sudden some of those analytics I was talking about earlier wouldn't have looked so good. We would have been blown out in some games if our defense didn't do what it did to keep us in it. And I don't know that we can just rely on the defense coming out on day one against Northwestern and be performing at the level they were against Michigan State, you know, in the second half yeah, there, Dave, where I right. think we gave up 13 yards you know, against Walker, you know, I mean, that just, so that is a legitimate concern. And, and, you know, the big 10 being a, you know, a, a trenches kind of league, uh, the D line, I think is an area that we'll see what happens as spring ball goes on, but there's a high likelihood that we're probably going to hit the portal again um, after spring, just to build at least some depth there uh, is my best guess. Yeah, I mean, the D-line, I think you have to bring in an extra body or two that you feel could contribute in some way. I mean, they just don't, they don't have the depth there um, for what they need to do. Secondary is really interesting. There's a lot of young talent there and, and some exciting you know, opportunities for, for guys we've been waiting to emerge. Uh, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see. But I think it, it does seem reasonable that if – there's a step back. It's the first couple of games of the season, right? And I think as they would progress, I feel like they're going to get get better as they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other thing, I guess the 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 third element of the of the game, uh, special teams. Mac, you know, our our former uh, former Redcaster Mac, he came up with a great idea, uh, and I thought that this was kind of he goes, we need to make special teams exclusive, treat it like you know on. With defense, you know, it's the black shirts that was created back in the 60s, and it became a big deal to, to be a starter and wear black. And um, and he was basically saying, you know, like, this should be – well, that Bush talks about the returners as being invite only to be a returner on one of the return teams. And the idea of making it exclusive. So, you know, give them purple shirts or give them something. Do something that makes special teams exclusive so that guys are walking around practice and, and you want to – 
you know, I don't know, a turnover change, whatever it is, you, you do something to make it a big deal to be on special teams. And uh, I don't know, that, that, that kind of maybe we can build some, something up. Maybe someone has a better idea than than purple shirts. It's funny because uh, there's a great article on Hale Varsity that with a quote where he was talking about, he says, it's kind of like when I was at the Garth Brook concert last year, right? And he's like, I was sitting right up front with my wife and I was up clapping and dancing the whole time. And I looked down the row and there was another couple just sitting there watching the show the whole time. And he says, you know, there's a difference between attendance and accomplishment. And he said, you know, I expect my players to not only be in attendance on special teams, but they need to accomplish something while out there. You know, that's mm -hmm. kind of the summary of the quote. And that's, I mean, makes all the sense in the world, really. And there, there's a lot of guys that are going to be required to play special teams this year. We've talked about it before that maybe aren't necessarily thinking that. But Mickey Joseph said, hey, if you want to play for me, you're going to be playing special teams as well, right? So, I mean, that's there's a whole new attitude, it seems like, at least in that area. So, mm -hmm. Boomer, do you have anything else? Uh, yeah, a couple other here. Uh, Dom, with a little premature question, if Frost does go 4-8 and, and gets fired, does one of the current assistant coaches step up and uh, take the head coach role so i'd be I would shocked yeah i'd probably anticipate a full house cleaning if that's the case um, yeah. they're gonna have to rebuild be... memorial stadium yeah. at that point anyway because it'll be burned down and yeah <laughs> and then a little more chipper news uh, jason stinger asked did we get any more info on the players reunion that's supposed to happen after the spring game anyone hear any recent rumors of that or talk my invite must have been lost in the mail. Hockey, <laughs> any idea? I have not heard anything about that. I, but uh, so former, so saying that the the rumor is that there'd be some big former players reunion. Is I've actually it? seen some rumblings on of it on Twitter every now and then. They're just saying that a bunch of former players are supposed to come back for the mm -hmm. spring game, and then there's going to be a big gathering of them. I'm not sure if that would be like a public thing anyway. But I mean, I guess it'd be cool to see all those former players come back and kind of you know, support the program. Like yeah, that. sure. I, I think uh, there's over yeah, 200 of them that were there at the, you know, the press conference introducing Frost, uh, you know, back right. in 2017. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for it. Former players, come on back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and that was something Trev was trying also to do to, to you know, help build up some of the, the sales for the, the season or for the spring game tickets. You know, I know that they were reaching out to Indomitian Sue and Zach Taylor and so some former players to try to get them to come back uh, as well. So, that you know, that's we're we're all in support of that. Redcasters, if you haven't bought your tickets already, get out there, get get tickets. Let's sell out the spring game and uh, let's make it a, a great weekend, really showing off Lincoln and, and kind of fully coming out of out of covid. And, and let's have a great recruiting weekend there, too, with that. And now, Nebraskaball. Let's uh, go to Nebraskaball. And uh, we, we alluded to this in the opening, but, I mean, it was the most unusual week that you could possibly imagine, <laughs> uh, considering how the season was going. But um, uh, the Huskers have uh, gone on the road and won their last three Big Ten games, uh, somehow actually crawling out of the cellar uh, into the 13th seed of the uh, Big Ten Tourney, um, which um, is quite the surprise. It does post up against Northwestern, who happened to beat Nebraska twice, um, both, I think, relatively handily uh, in tomorrow's matchup, um, whereas Minnesota and Penn State are the other game there on Wednesday. Um, and then if we do beat the Wildcats, uh, it is hard to beat a team three times in a season, right, guys? Right. Uh, we get to play Iowa in, on Thursday. So um, 
that would be the the Nebraska path to a uh, a quarterfinal matchup on Friday with potentially a Rutgers. You know, Dave, you actually said the exact same thing that I said to Brandon Vogel yesterday when he, we were talking about that. I said, yeah, it's the hardest thing to do in sports, is in, especially in basketball, is beat the same team three times in a row. You don't get that opportunity very often in sports. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but, well, I mean, you'd also, also say that it's just we're not a good matchup versus Northwestern because they, they actually looked pretty darn good against us both times. So Everybody I mean, looked good against us yeah, up until well, the last I mean, no, I mean, you could go back and look at Ohio State, for example. We could have won that first game versus Ohio State. Well, we should have, in fact. We were up by five with like a minute to go, and uh, we ended up uh, losing that game. Next time around, when we had them up by five with a minute to go, we, we hung on, right? Um, that wasn't the case with Northwestern. So um, I'll be really interested to see how we play uh, tomorrow. Are we a good matchup against Wisconsin? Just curious. I mean, uh, we won, but we're, I mean, I, there's only one game versus Wisconsin. So you can't, there's not as much data there per se, Um, but maybe, um, you know, does that include the referees or not? (laughs) Um, I'm I'm sure they travel. Bryce McGowan's wasn't there and everything. I mean, that's a hard game to figure out, but I mean, like, Wisconsin doesn't wow you with talent per se, um, or like they don't have like this massive post player or or anything that's just going to like throw you off, right? Um, so, I mean, it, you know, there there there's some is is larger than their 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 parts, right? And so, uh, I, I don't know if that's the case with with everyone, but I, I'm just saying that. I mean, we have not looked good versus Northwestern either game. Well, there's mm-hmm. other games, even in our losing streaks, where we were very competitive at times. That wasn't the case versus the Wildcats. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, that's different. I mean, I I think it can be. I just I don't know if I'm certain of it. I Adam Carricker uh, had a uh, funny tweet. He said, "I forgot to mention the way the refs were calling the game against Wisconsin. I get the feeling the Big Ten doesn't want Nebraska to play anyone else in basketball either." So, yeah. <laughs> well, as we look at the the tournament here. I do like the side of the tournament that we're on, uh, the bracket. Uh, we don't have, you know, Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Purdue on this side. But I really think the way that this team is playing right now, I can see it be a one and done if we don't come out and play well. We, we can be absolute, We can be done tomorrow night, without a doubt. If we beat Northwestern, I'll, I'll go on record. If we beat Northwestern, I think we can make it to Saturday. I mean, I think we can get through Iowa. I think we can beat Rutgers. And uh, at that point, you're in the Final Four and, and Hell's Bells, you know, figure out what happens then. But I, I can see a route <laughs> to Saturday. But it, it, it it's all about that first game, man. The, the first game, you got to yeah. get started. Yeah, I, I hear you. Is I think both a bubble team? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Iowa's fighting for seeding. So yeah. after Northwestern, mm-hmm. you have very motivated teams um, that do, do not want to see what, you know, what Wisconsin endured on, on Sunday happened to them. So, I mean, if we, we make that, that run, uh, it, we will earn it. They, and I they mean, are, these, they're these... motivated to play. They're motivated to win. And, and a lot of teams right now, I've, I've seen this enough on, on the social media fans going, we don't want to play Nebraska right now either. You know, it's a kind of a two way street there. Boomer, you made some statement about how Wednesday or Saturday, Sunday was, you know, one of your favorite basketball days, like it just everything kind of played out right. Nebraska wins and Iowa loses and, and everything just kind of turned out, you know, the, 
it was actually a good day to be a Husker fan. But like it's been a while like that. Yeah, it was, especially for you know a game that, in the grand scheme of things, didn't have a whole lot of meaning for like a tournament position or anything like that for us. It was just fun to actually kind of go be that spoiler and just kind of really piss mm-hmm. off a bunch of Badger fans. There were some fun comments on social media from some of them. Uh, you can search for their tweets and, and comments. And Message Board Genius had a couple of good ones from uh, some very angry Badger fans following that game. So it, it's sometimes fun to be the to be the villain in all this. So well, and let's, let's seed, go ahead and do it some more. So. And the seeding did change. I mean, we went from 14 to a 13 seed. So now we're playing Northwestern instead of Penn State. We're in that side of the bracket versus the other. Um, us winning allowed Illinois to get to first place by beating Iowa that knocked Iowa out of a top four. So they don't have two days off. They only had one day off. So there's a lot of things that happened up until the last minute of basically of the season uh, as it comes, you know, when it comes down to the seeding part, I just like seeing that we're finally, we're just playing good. And I, I don't really have a, you know, I asked Brandon Vogel, I was like, you know, is there any, any X's and O's, anything different? Dave, I'll ask it to you. I asked it to, to our other Dave that would joined us on our rapid reaction on Sunday. I was like, is there anything different X's and O's that we're doing the last three three games? And pretty much everything I've heard through them is no. <laughs> just We're yeah. just playing better. I mean, it's it's hustle plays and you're making shots. I mean, and those mm-hmm. those go can go hand in hand. Right. I mean, like there is, yes, there's good defensive teams that aren't good shooting teams and they're, they're happy to win 55, 53, but there's a lot of good defensive teams that are also can, can shoot well. Um, And there's space to play and other factors that end up with, you know, what you end up scoring in a game. But um, you know, I mean, we have, haven't shot well at all, all year. And we really at times uh, didn't play a good enough defense, right. At least through sustained periods of time. Sure. in the season, you know, with our blowouts in particular, but, you know, even in our, our close games, I, I'd say that we probably were not, you know, the best defensive team at the same time as, as that being the best shooting team. Somehow it all clicked there at the end. Um, yeah. You can say it was Trev Alberts giving, giving Harburg a, an extra, year but um, I, I think it's probably more complex than, than that. Right. You know, but I mean, what, what's frustrating to me, I would say, is is that I think we kind of and boomerang you can look this up last year we started to play better later in the season right we played really good versus Rutgers if I, if I remember right correctly um and then had a couple other wins um late in the year and it was like oh that's that's the team that we kind of expected and we want to you know see that next year and then here we are again at the end of the year and this is more uh, pronounced having three road victories, two versus mm. top 25 teams, one versus the top 10. Um, but it's the same thing. They're, they're playing the way they, we felt like they could have played um, all season long. Right. And, and the question is, is how can Hoiberg going into next year, change that? Right. Well, that's what I would so, want to find out. Well, Dave, and um, my thought on it was that there's almost like this buy-in now, right. Where a lot of these players, are realizing like, Hey, cause a lot of these guys aren't going to go off to the NBA, right? A lot of them have the opportunity to come back next year and play again. And one of the things is I think that maybe after Hoiberg got extended like that, they started realizing like, well, we better buy in now or we're yeah, but not they weren't, be here weren't next bought year. To try to, to win earlier. What's going on? Well, I mean, like, and, and, I, and I get, I get that extension saying. to make a difference. Well, that's I, ridiculous. You know, but, but, I mean, sometimes you don't know. I mean, and and I mean, well, that's, that's on kind of like, in my opinion. Are, then, if he had, can't motivate them beyond 
Um, yeah. Oh, I, I think my coach is gone because we performed so poorly this year. Um, that's that's not. I, mean, I think I think you hit the nail on the head, Dave, with the defense. We we already saw the stats this year when we were giving up eighty plus points. We were like yeah. like one in twenty nine or something in the the Hoiberg era at one point. But the shooting, and you've talked, Dave, about you know how if we just make our shots, but we weren't against Wisconsin in the first half, at least the outside shots. We were one of nine, I think, or two of nine, maybe from three point line. But I mean, it was we were missing, and they were wide open threes that we were missing right. in the first half. Yet we had a four point lead going into half, and it was because of the amount of points in the paint that we were getting, and how easy it looked. And Verge, you know, dribbling in and then coming back out, and and, and the amount of assists that he's been getting the last few games. Yeah, that is totally different than what we saw for the majority of the year. Like that's, I mean, he was, there were times it was painful watching him, but earlier in the year, but listen to some of the uh, things he was saying tonight. Um, Sipple was uh, tweeting a couple of these things. He goes from a red hot Husker guard, Alonzo Verge. uh, Our mindset is it's never too late. We're all going to go into this thing feeling like we can win. We're going to take it one game at a time. We're just going to go in there and be with each other and stick together. Uh, even and so that ever think back on the season, wonder what the what could have been for this Husker team. And he goes, absolutely. But I think everything happens for a reason. Yeah, we struggled, and I feel like we're we're going to have a run right now that's going to make history. And then last but not least, let me see if I can find the last one here. One more from Verge. Uh, what is Nebraska's mindset going into Indy? Really, it's all or nothing, man. We have very positive energy in the locker room right now. Everybody's positive. We're gonna we're going in there feeling like we can win this thing. So, I mean, it's just words. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, it's yep. hype and words, but uh, they're going in there confident, at least. And that's, I yeah. wouldn't want to play Nebraska right now. Didn't Hoiberg sit Verge at one point during the season, too, though, yeah, Dave? Wasn't there? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like you said, this is on, it was on Hoiberg because I just want to go back on that a little bit more. The, I mean, yeah, it's on Hoiberg, maybe, and maybe he was having a hard time getting some of the buy in from these guys. I, I don't know, you know, but, but it, the, you know, the, the, the timing of it just seems, right right where a lot of these guys maybe are just kind of all of a sudden decide like okay let's do this you know he's yeah, gonna be back I guess next my, year let's do this you know and my, yeah my, i get what you're saying i i do i just i'm wondering if, if it has that effect because there's a whole it's a different team there's a whole new attitude out there it's it's just nuts like it's it's fun to watch this again like i actually you know i kind of felt like wow this team's gonna come back and win this game against wisconsin just because you know, the way that the way that the refs were, you know, and they're like, OK, well, you can try to make us lose this, but we're not going to like that attitude throughout the entire second half was like, oh, my God, these guys are continuing. Like there was no. Yeah, so back there. to my my initial premise, I guess, Rob, is like, yeah. how does Fred capture that yeah. and get next year's team to play like that from game one? Game one. We should never have lost game one this, this You're right. year. You're we right. did because they didn't play that way. Um, and so what, and a, a part of it potentially from a program building standpoint is how can you get some of these players that could go turn pro, even if it's not in the NBA and go play somewhere else in Europe for, for 10 or 12 years to stick around an extra year. Um, yeah. so you have some more continuity within the program, right? Because that's how you get the buy-in right there. Yeah. The because then those guys are like, look, we know we can do it. We were doing it last year. And then the new guys that are coming in don't have to recreate that type of that culture, right? I mean, they are just, you know, in, incorporated into the existing culture that says, yeah, we're going to have a great year. And mm-hmm. we just haven't had that under Hoiberg. It's just been a rotating door. And so it's just so critical, I think, if if we could get someone like 
like Trey to actually decide to come back, right? Whether that's an NIL deal that makes it lucrative enough to for him to play another another year of college basketball, even though the guy's probably like 24. Um, I, it just would make a huge difference, I think, next year if we have a couple of these key contributors back on the roster. Yeah, a little bit of continuity. I mean, we thought we were going to get some of that coming into this year, at least compared to the yeah. you know previous two years of under Hoiberg, but any continuity we can. And I'm just going to throw this out. It's just the, it's the sliver of hope. If you'd asked me 10 days ago, Bryce, 0% chance Bryce comes back. I'm going to say <laughs> that there's a 0.1% chance. And, and that would be if, you know, he's he, obviously he's going to throw his name into the draft and he's going to get you know, all the feedback. And if the feedback came back that he was, you know, a 20 to 30th pick, you know, still first round, but not lottery. Is there any chance with NIL now? This is the first time, you know, NIL started, what, July 1st or August 1st of a year ago. So this we haven't even gone through a full 12-month cycle of it. This is the first time that guys are making decisions on whether do I go into the draft or not. And basketball is a sport where you can pull yourself back out after you've, after you've yeah. you know, declared. So is there a chance, I mean, is there a chance where a guy could be like, hey, I can make enough in NIL to at least make it worth it a year. And because my brother Trey is going to come back and play, maybe maybe that's enough of a pull. Like I said, this might be a, a, a 0.1% chance now, but in two months or two weeks ago, I would have said it was a zero chance. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling at strings, but to your point, Dave, no matter what, it's that continuity. You got to, we can't just keep flipping everything on the roster and then come November, think you're just going to, you know, come out and be this dynamite team right away. It just, that's, You've got to have something coming back that you can kind of build off. Of. And I think what Wiltshire has been doing and and yeah. uh, Walker coming back. And if to your point of Trey, at the very least, man, if we could get Trey, those three guys, that's a hell of a, a nucleus to build around. Yeah, absolutely. If Bryce comes back, I'm going to say it's all because of Honky because he <laughs> planted the seed in some huge booster's mind that, you know what, if I can just figure out how to get get Bryce, uh, I don't know, 1.5 million or something, maybe he'll he'll give us one extra year. We could do like red cast shirts, like 0.1% or something, you know, and, and you know, Honky said it. Yeah, no, that would be, that would be wonderful. So yeah, if, if any red casters out there, are, you know, huge boosters, uh, Go for yeah. it. I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, hockey, I mean, let's talk about Bryce for just a second. He has come a long way in mm -hmm. a 30-game season. You have to admit, right? I mean, you you were uh, a little critical of the five-star in the first first month of the season or so. But, um, you know, he's come a long way. He's played better defense, made better shots, um, and, and he's lived up to his billing at the end of the year. Yeah. He, he, I mean, he was the newcomer of the year. Apparently that's not good enough to be the freshman of the yeah, year, which I, I don't understand how that newcomer of the year includes freshmen. So <laughs> seems like uh, seems like that should have been a no brainer there. But uh, there's a lot of things the Big Ten does that uh, are not no brainers sometimes. So yeah, even even all the guys on the Big Ten network, like the Big Ten guys, were just like, so now that he's pretty much assured himself of winning the freshman of the year. What if they voted before this week? I wonder. I wonder if they voted before the season. Quite frankly, played basketball. Was, I don't know. He was he was the freshman of the week six times. The kid from Ohio State seven, was freshman of the week. Yes, me seven. Okay, but the kid from Ohio State was freshman of the week two or three times. Like, I mean, yeah, I think Andy Katz. Ohio State and, guy's good. I'll, I'll give I mean, no, Andy Katz said something about it was the stability. His... He said it was stability or not stability. It was the oh. Uh, 
it was that the Ohio State guy did this time and time again. And it's like, but to your point, Rob, it's oh, seven times. Poor Alabama. I hope they can catch a break kind of yeah. attitude there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, it's, I, I excuse my language, but it's bull. And now around the Van Horn. And with that, let's go around the Van Horn and talk Husker baseball. And uh, a little better uh, week here. Uh, we went 3-1 and one down in Texas against uh, UT Arlington and Northwestern State. Um, Could have really went 4-0, blew a ninth inning uh, game there, right, Boomer, where um, we, we really should have went 4-0. But now we're 4-7, and seven, and we're coming back to Lincoln for a, a big opening weekend homestand. Oh, no, wait a second. Long Beach State has decided they don't want to play in freezing temperatures and canceled. Um, what do you think about that, Boomer? Yeah, just another example of why the baseball season, the way it's kind of structured in the NCAA, really needs to – they really need to look at adjusting it. It's, it just makes it so difficult for programs like Nebraska. You know, Normally we can have great weather or the San Diego, the Big Ten. I mean, next week is gorgeous yeah, 60s like and 70s. A few days yeah, before. and then suddenly we just have this one, one day where we're going to get – like what six to ten inches of snow for like the only time all winter and hey it happens to be when long beach state was you know probably traveling here and the last cold snap of the season it's just it, it's frustrating that's a team i really wanted to see the matchup with especially at home you know see what kind of advantage that could give us but yeah yeah scrape together what they can i mean uno's not entirely slouch i think they beat ucla the other day did they not if i remember oh, really? right so wow. yeah so they're you know there's something to be proven there too so Oh, don't yeah. sell yourself uh, short, Boomer. You're an incredible slouch. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, to avoid the bad weather a little bit, um, and uh, the dirt bags are chickens. That's correct. Um, but they, uh, Nebraska, will have UNO in Omaha on Sunday, and then in Lincoln on Monday with 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 much warmer temperatures um it you know from a, a from a big picture standpoint obviously we, we got swept by tcu um and then only got one game versus same same Houston state which might ultimately be a, a quality win but this was a chance to have some quality wins even if they were at home versus long beach state so that's a frustrating thing for me from a from a net perspective uh, rpi type thing that i mean we sure could have used two two of three um, wins versus Long Beach State. That would have gone a long way potentially come May when we are trying to make a case to host a regional um, that we did that, right? We're not going to have that opportunity. So um, they're going to have to really kind of make up for it with looking overly impressive in the Big Ten. Yeah, and there have been some good starts by a couple of the other Big Ten programs. I mean, I think Purdue's 12-0, but they've played mostly, I think, Ivy League intramural squads. But you also had programs like Maryland. They swept Baylor to start the season. Rutgers uh, swept, like, Houston Baptist, you know, who sometimes, you know, mm. causes trouble. So there's a lot of, you know, three Big Ten teams that already have double-digit win totals that are kind of racking yeah, things yeah, up. Yeah, Maryland so over Baylor in particular. Yeah, um, yeah, that, one, that was a little surprising because Baylor beat LSU earlier today, I think, too, if I saw right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's still some, you know, serious competition in the Big Ten. So hopefully we'll get a chance to make some waves once conference time rolls around. So. And we're sitting at, what, four and seven right four now? Four and seven, correct. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's already it's early in the season, but there's already – we've had a couple of games now. The I think it was Texas Arlington that we were up th- – three nothing going into the fourth or the ninth inning and gave up four, you know, and then you have the finish in game three against TCU a week ago where we just flat out got 
hosed on a call that was, you know, a, a bang, bang play. But I mean, that could have been, I don't know if we would have scored two to tie, but at least we would have had a chance. It was least. Yeah. And then because of, you know, just the good luck, uh, obviously Bolt is furious after that. And because he gets his, he gets ejected after the game was over it ended up making his suspension the next game. He couldn't coach the next game, but we, we won that one. So anyways, we, yeah, we've got to start, you know, getting some W's here to, we went three and one last weekend and at least, you know, started to kind of get a little bit of momentum going, had a good pitching game from a, from a Shannon. I think he went, gosh, I think one of the games he went eight innings or something. So, I mean, we're starting to get some, some good things going there. Yeah, I think that'll be the key is is seeing the starting pitching kind of come into form and it does appear that it's finally finally happening. They shuffled things around a little bit last week. It'll be interesting to see what they do versus UNO um here. And they also have K State, I believe, on is that tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. tomorrow yeah. Um, is so, that because yeah. it, it was originally supposed to be today, right? But they pushed it back to Wednesday. Because Long Beach canceled or something? Is that I don't, I don't know, know about that, but I mean, well, I'm just looking the at the midweek schedule. Game. I'm looking at the schedule, so it's a it typical says Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, and it's yeah. on ESPN Plus too. Yeah, so yeah, that's good. So definitely tune into that. Um, Dave, right. they had a they had a complete game shutout, right? Like they're in the second game of that, or in the or in the third game of the of the series last week. Uh, Is that they right? lost the third game? It might be the second game. It sounds familiar. I, I'm not. I, I didn't look at the box score, so I can't. Hmm. Anyway, yeah, I, I think one of the pitchers had a complete game. Shot. That was Shannon. Or yeah. Jay. Uh, and I'm probably saying the name wrong because. Jay Shannon. Jay yeah. Shannon. Yep. Cool. All right. All right. Anything else, guys? No. Uh, let's see. Another question here for oh. Honky from, uh, let's see, Dustin in Brisbane. He's asking if the addition of veteran defender Robbie Tarrant to his beloved Richmond Tigers will be enough to uh, put an aging squad uh, into the finals and possibly take the flag <laughs> this year. Honky, I'm leaving that up to you. Uh, um, is, is Australian rules, is that the one where they, they do the, the kick? Yes, that's, that's correct. Yes. All right. so, mm-hmm. um, we went, Kathy and I went to Hawaii like 10 years ago and we had, and we were in the the hotel and made friends with these people from from Tasmania, and that's how that we oh, sent they them. Play like, quite a bit of game AFL games in Tasmania. Yeah, so we sent them like you know Dorothy Lynch and you know a bunch of great things from Nebraska, great cultural uh, things that they could appreciate. And then they sent us. Uh, I had some Vegemite dip that they sent me, Ooh, um, which is just horrendous. That is some of the worst. Yeah, stuff it's, I've it's ever not had good. Yeah, and then. Uh, he sent, and of course, I sent him like a Husker hat or whatever. So then he, in return, sent me his favorite team, Richmond. And Dave, you would probably know much better than I would. Is is Rich? He, I think he said that Richmond's traditionally not very good, but is Richmond? Are they saying yeah. killed a bad or any no? Richmond's been no. very good the last few years. They've won, yeah. I think, three of the last five premieres. So oh, really? they've been they've been good, but yeah, they're they're getting kind of up there in age, so they're probably running out of oh, opportunities. So, the, so I'm like. I'm like the back pa- of the day they might yeah back then they might not have been good. When, I'm when, like the Patriots of of yeah. uh, you know back when they FAFL. had Brady at least yeah, yeah. of the yeah. NFL. Oh yeah. cool. Yeah. Well, my so I, I actually would really I think that would be a great like uh, Ted Lasso like um, series if Honky somehow gets hired <laughs> to be an AFL coach that'd be great. I'd watch that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You'd be like, can, I, can I go with you? Can I go with you to be like Lasso's? 
side. Yeah, you'd be his assistant. Totally. Yeah. 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 I I think that'd be perfect. That'd be the perfect role for me just to stand there, (laughs) just to stand there on the sidelines the whole time, nodding and learning the rules of the game while Hunky yells and screams about the referees. That'd be awesome. Oh, Run the triple option. Run the triple <laughs> option. I did see that um, there was a there was a, a tweet I did see today, Honky, where where uh, they actually talked about the fact that um, they've been really focusing on the run game a lot more than they thought Whipple would be with a lot of downhill running. So I thought that oh, you they know how to like play that. up the audience, Rob. Oh, uh, they sure do. But yeah, that was uh, one of the defen- one of the defensive guys was making the comment about, sure, sure. about it. Yeah. Yeah, so. Garrett Nelson said they're not trying to out scheme people now. They're trying to out physical, which yeah, I mean that's red meat for me. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I mean honky honky. All right. All excited Let's get out of here with some parting shots, and we'll start with honky. Uh, well, so we'll start with the sad news, and and uh, that former Husker basketball player Dylan uh, Dylan Talley passed away over the weekend. That was a real shocker, um, but. Uh, and Doc Sadler had posted a, he tweeted about him and, and he just said, so sad to pass the news that former Husker Dylan Talley passed away tonight. He was a person that would give you the shirt off his back. Love you, my man. Uh, it just our condolences go out to the, to the entire Talley family. Um, in addition, uh, Nebraska is expanding the red carpet experience uh, to the spring game, also to baseball and, and softball, which is very cool. Uh, Dr. Lawrence Chatters, the associate AD for diversity and equity and inclusion, uh, said this new Husker tradition is something that everyone across our state can be proud of. And the number of children who have benefited from this initiative is in the thousands. So it is very cool. And it's neat to see that continue on again. I'm just going to say Trev effect. And uh, last but not least, this was shared from big 10 network today, Nebraska's two tournament games in the big 10 tournament uh, versus Michigan, Iowa were the two most watched in women's basketball history on BTN. So uh, very cool. And, uh, you know, Husker Nation, you, you do it all the time. You show up in person, you, you show up on, on the, you know, on the ratings. And uh, it's great to – I just love the support of Husker Nation. Great job. Awesome. That was three. Is that right, Honky? That was just three, just three parting shots. You hit the under, folks. The under oh. hit. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Nice. All right. Let's go with uh, Redcast Rob. Well, you know, it is International Women's Day today, and I want to give a shout out to all of our uh, female supporters out there, whether you're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, um, you know, birthing one of us like uh, Marty and uh, what are your parents' names there again? Marty Mike and, and Marty. Mike and Marty. That's they like to party. They like to party. Yeah, Marty, well, I was specifically Marty, Marty Honky, and you guys like to comment on all of our stuff and give a shout out. You know what? Because let's be honest, without it, without you women, we wouldn't exist. So, you know, you guys literally give, give life to everything. So um, thank you so much for everything that you guys are doing and for your support. We love you guys on Twitter. You're some mm-hmm. of the best follows out there and uh, keep it up, you know, go big red. All right. Get us out of here. Boomer. Yep. Sticking with the, the theme of uh, women. Uh, don't forget that uh, I believe Sunday they're picking the uh, NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. Uh, Nebraska is projected to be in there. Uh, last I looked, uh, ESPN has them picked as a six seed uh, to play in Austin. So matching up against Washington State, Texas would be the uh, second-round matchup there if they got through that. So that would be, uh, be pretty fun. exciting. And uh, 
I, I know don't have to tell Husker fans to turn out to support uh, support uh, any other teams, but that should be well worth watching. And then uh, Generation Red Live, he's just asking, Dang, I missed the show. Can you all start over? <laughs> well, probably not tonight, but luckily this is available on YouTube and uh, will be a podcast. Uh, so listen to it on any of your fine Heard At podcast networks where you choose to listen. So. Oh, crap. I forgot to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> You did, didn't you? Huh? No, that you used often to, often said this. Yeah, that 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 used to be a real issue. Thankfully, now this this new Streamyard, which Generation Red Pod is the ones that got us on to, to using this, uh, it, that eliminates some of those mistakes. So if you've been watching us, you know, it's a, we're out there. We're we're live already. So don't worry about the recording. All right, good stuff. Wait, we're guys. live. <laughs> yes, Rob, we're live. Did uh, I pick my nose at all? Regrettably time? so at times. <laughs> um, all right, guys, uh, fun show. Enjoyed it. Uh, let's get out of here with a that's a go big red cast. Go big red. Beat Northwestern. Hoda Media Production.